everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Podway! So in this podcast, we always talk about things related to musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, oh my god, this is such a long one actually. But I was fumbling it last time when I had to (laughs) wait for so long to just Google the name to make sure I say the entire name correctly. This one is definitely a mouthful. It definitely is. Is the 25th annual Putum? Putnam. Putnam. Candy Spelling Bee. (laughs) All right. And also in today's episode, let me introduce our very special guest. It's my sister again, back due to unpopular demand. Just kidding. Emma. (laughs) Woo! Woo! Hi, everyone. So happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. All right. And why are we doing this particular episode? I requested it. (laughs) To request it. Okay, so before we get into that, let's give everybody a brief synopsis of the show. When I say brief, this one is actually going to be super duper brief. It's a sentence long. So the musical follows six competitors in the Putnam County Spelling Bee as they compete for who will represent them in nationals. Very to the point. Very short and understandable, but let's also say a little bit more about the musical itself. It had its Broadway debut in 2005, so it's quite an older musical, and was adapted from a short play called... Hmm. <laughs> How do you pronounce this? I looked this up the pronunciation, and... Crepuscule, I think that's how it's pronounced. And that word, crepuscule, which I'm really praying, hoping very hard that I'm pronouncing correctly, um, was also a word that, if you paid attention, featured in the competition in the musical itself. So, yeah, you didn't know this? No. Mm -hmm. Our expert (laughs) here is not doing her job. I'm just kidding. If I'm being a little bit mean to Emma, it's because she's my sister and I'm allowed. This wasn't even mean yet. So the musical won two Tonys, one for Best Book and the other for Best Featured Actor. It was extremely successful with several productions worldwide, including two in Israel, actually, one in Jerusalem, one in Tel Aviv. One very fun fact about the musical is that they pull members of the audience and let them spell some words. So audience participation is kind of like a huge part of the musical experience. Mm -hmm. And the word they give the audience varies. Sometimes they give like really, really ridiculously easy words. And sometimes they give the audience very, very hard words if they want them to fail. But also sometimes the guests they get to be the audience participation volunteers are famous. One such famous guest was Dame Julie Andrews herself, the reigning queen. No way. Yes way. And they ask her to spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which... She, she got it right? She misspelled it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and another thing about the musical, just a fun fact. The musical was directed by a friend of the podcast, James Lapine, <laughs> of last week's Sunday in the Park with George fame. So he's in a different role now. Before that, he wrote the book. And this time, he's directing. So I wonder if you see any similarities whatsoever between this one and Sunday in the Park with George. That, but other than that, probably zero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So now we get to the very, very fun part, which is how we were all familiar with this musical. Claire, let's start with you. Zero, and then we can move on. Um, I'm going <laughs> to say close to zero. So I think it's going by like order of magnitude of how much we know about us. I knew about it because of Emma, obviously. And also I had a friend who uh, was involved in the production of the musical in my alma mater university. I knew very, very, very superficial things about this. How about you, Emma? So I was familiar with it, obviously. So I listened, I don't even remember how I came about (laughs) finding this musical, but I listened to a musical playlist and 
at some point the song Life is Pondemonium or maybe it was the uh, first song of the musical popped up. I remember that. I was thinking, wow, <laughs> this song is so stupid. <laughs> and um, <laughs> something about the quirkiness is also what attracted me to it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I actually listened to the entire soundtrack, saw the musical and appreciated it for other details that I guess we'll get into later on. Do you remember how far back that was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2017. Oh. So it's okay. I'm making up for all the <laughs> zero interaction that you had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think at this point we can go into the very long summary of the musical. How does that sound? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the musical opens with a flashback of Rona, the host of this year's Spelling Bee, winning the Spelling Bee herself when she was younger. Rona introduces us to the six main competitors of the Spelling Bee, last year's winner, Chip Tolentino, the youngest competitor, Logan, Schwartz and Gruby, mm. Logan, not even Logan, it's Logan. It's Logan, Schwartz and Grubnier, which by the way, did you notice? I only noticed after staring at her name for a very long time. It's a combination of both of our father's name, which is a very yes. creative way to do it. So one yeah. father oh, is I didn't Schwartz, even notice. And then there's the word end literally in her name. And then the other fa- uh, father is Grubnier. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Creative. And after those two, we have homeschooled Leaf Coney Bear, last year's finalist who had to quit due to an allergic reaction, William Barfi, or as he would say, Barfay, a recent okay. transfer. <laughs> With uh, an accent. With an accent, yes. There's an accent on the E. But which E? There are two E's in his name. It's the first E. A recent transfer student, Marcy Park. And finally, Olive Ostrovsky. So Olive is unfortunately in a little bit of a conundrum because she didn't pay the $25 entrance fee and neither of her parents came so she doesn't have any money on her so Rona agreed to talk about the entrance fee later on because she thought that perhaps one of her parents would show up and they'd be able to pay for it so now going into a little bit more of the adult portion of it judging the competition we have vice principal Douglas Punch or Panch, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, who returned from a mysterious five-year hiatus. Leading the Pledge of Allegiance is an ex-convict completing his community service as a comfort counselor during the competition, Mitch Mahoney. I've never heard of the concept of comfort counselors either myself. Did either of you do any spelling bee competitions? Are you familiar with the comfort counselors? Never. You never (laughs) ever did a spelling bee? No. Oh, how about you, Emma? Definitely not. Really? Okay, so I actually did have <laughs> some experience during a spelling bee. School, like within the school. Our school was really into doing all sorts of extracurriculars. And we always had spelling quizzes in a lot of the classes. So languages that you need to learn, at least in Israel, are English from a very, very young age. I think like grade one or grade two. And then Arabic from grade six and above. And you always have like these spelling competitions or sorry, spelling quizzes. And for English, for one of the years, or actually even two of the years, they decided to do a spelling bee competition within our classroom and then within the school. And I didn't do very well and it didn't go far along. But I remember some students within my classroom did quite well and they advanced. So Hmm. interesting. Not even an informal like class level spelling bee competition for either of you? No. No. Did it get a juice box at the end? No, I got a, <laughs> I got a juice box when we took the uh, the literacy exam in grade ten. 
Ah, yes. Well, that was really intense. <laughs> I mean, we've had a juice box. <laughs> no, like, we got a juice box to... for completing it. We got like juice boxes and oh. cookies or crackers or something. And there was a special room that you went to after you finished the exam. Uh, it felt very official, even though the exam itself was kind of a joke. But <laughs> uh, I definitely remember that. Did you guys get a special like room to complete the exam in when you did the literacy exam and like a juice box or any kind of like sweets, which were the best part of the exam for sure? That and also the debate question which was a lot of fun no I don't remember no <laughs> to, be, to be honest oh it's so interesting um, to see how your experience can be so different even though you're sisters yeah mm. and we were in the same no we weren't in the same school for grade 10 you were yeah I'm not gonna say obviously which school but yeah uh, <laughs> we weren't in the same no. school for grade 10 but that's really interesting how but like Claire you also took the literacy exam you did not have this experience Albeit you took it in a different province, which might have vastly different standards, and therefore you might not even have a literacy exam to take. But did you have a literacy exam? No. No? No. That is shocking. So you didn't have any formal governmental exams. So in grade nine, we had like a math science exam that you had to take. Oh, like, okay. So we have something called the provincial exams. (laughs) That is it. Okay, that is what you're talking about? I mean, I'm guessing it's a variation of it. So for us, we have two provincial exams in Ontario. Um, So for grade nine, we had like math science one, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then for grade 10, you have uh, the English one. Interesting. Okay, yeah. And in order to get your high school diploma, the math science one, I don't think counts for anything. But the English one, if you don't pass it, you can't receive your high school diploma. Yeah. Okay. And the teachers get into a lot of trouble too, if someone doesn't pass it. Yeah, they do. We had somebody in my class who didn't pass it. And I was shocked because she was a good student. But it was a big scandal. (laughs) I don't think why anybody cared, but it was very shocking. Maybe nerves. No, for sure. I mean, it could be a number of reasons. It doesn't mean anything. But I remember like people definitely talked about it, which is kind of a shitty thing to do. But uh, so you didn't have like an English or the provincial. So we do. Yeah. The provincial exams do have like an English one, too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But that's it, though. You didn't get like any confections afterwards confections (laughs) 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 no I don't think so okay wow I guess I had a very privileged (laughs) I have a pretty bad experience with these provincial exams too because apparently like during my final year of high school there was a strike that was going on in British Columbia and the test results came out so much later than what it was supposed to be and that into like that changes a lot of the uni applications that was going through oh so, yeah wait you yeah. have provincial exams in grade 12 for us it's, mm-hmm. it was only grade 9 and 10 I know there's grade 10 because I remember t- taking the science one I was like thank goodness I passed it um <laughs> <laughs> no because I had to relearn all the science stuff which was oh so- I remember it's such a yeah. pain learning it in a different language with all the technical yeah. names you have to pretty much re- oh. relearn every you single do. thing like mm-hmm. rememorize every single thing, which is it's horrific. Yeah, not gonna go through yeah, that I... again. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have an English one for grade twelve too. Uh, and even though that was an IB, um, that was still like a requirement for you to graduate. So we still had to take it. Okay, so yeah. it's the same as our literacy exam in grade ten equivalent with grade twelve. So I guess you probably oh we had... have both. Oh, oh, so grade ten is not just like science; it's it's everything. I think so. I can't remember exactly what it is. If somebody is listening from BC, 
You can correct me. <laughs> tell us. Tell us. We're but so that was so long ago. I'm so old. <laughs> so after kind of getting introduced to all the characters, the adults and the kids, obviously we're going to focus on the kids, but the adults exist too. Uh, we go to the rules of the spelling bee. So spellers may ask questions about a word's pronunciation, the definition of a word. Uh, they ask for the word to be used in a sentence. And they can also ask for the language of origin. But if a speller starts to spell a word, they can't start over, but they can change the sequence of the letters they have already spoken. That's a very important rule. And because I'm saying that's a very important rule, you can bet it will come later on. If a competitor misspells a word, the judges would ring the bell and Mitch, the comfort counselor, will escort the competitor off the stage. Essentially, they get eliminated. So yeah. we learn more and more about the competitors as the competition commences. For example, Leaf came in third during his initial competition, but made it to the county division after the first and second place couldn't attend. Several competitors have special quirks. And going back to Leaf, his is that he goes into kind of a trance to spell the word correctly. Logan's is that she writes the word on her hand before spelling it out loud. Olive starts reading the dictionary, her friend from a very, very young age, which kind of gave her like a leg up in the competition, or at least so she thinks. And her quirk is that she spells it very quietly to herself first before saying the answer out loud. And the last quirk we'll talk about is William Barfi or Barfay spells his word out with his foot. And I think his quirk is also the one that is most talked about and actually becomes a plot point later on. So the competitors get really, really upset during the course of the competition at the nature of the competition itself, since some of the competitors get very, very easy words, while the others get really, really difficult words, and there is no kind of rhyme or reason of who will get what word when. So they kind of, I'm assuming, have a bank of words, and they kind of pull from it randomly. So a little bit more about the competitors themselves. This is very, like, chopped, because every competitor has their own song, and so you would kind of flow in and out from the competitor's inner monologue throughout the story, just because it's all centralized into the spelling competition, and you kind of understand what kind of situation there are under so going to the competitor logan she has two dads one of which is horrible but <laughs> he drills her on spelling competition pretty rigorously while the other is a little bit more caring for her comfort but i think he's a little bit of a pushover because he lets her other dad do whatever he wants to her leaf meanwhile is homeschooled and his entire family puts him down saying he isn't very smart and this portion legitimately breaks my heart every single time in my opinion mm. leaf is baby he's a baby boy and he's also my favorite really? <laughs> i don't know i'm really curious who your favorites are considering i already re revealed my cards do you guys have a favorite is there like a character you specifically connected to i feel like mine was also gonna be leaf probably mm-hmm yeah, just because I can relate to um, not being the smartest in the family. But no. No, 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 it's not like something sad. It's not like my family puts me down. It's like more like I just accept the fact and then I get like, yo, leave. I fail you, man. Like, oh, we're yeah. in the same boat. Oh. <laughs> uh, I love leave, but my favorite is probably Logan. Mm -hmm. Am I saying her name right? Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny and I love the way she's so into the politics and very vocal about everything. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that is very funny for sure. Uh, and I think uh, this will be something that we talk about later on. But if you see different productions of the musical, there is a lot of room for interpretation for each character. So even if, though they have like certain aspects about themselves that are very rigid, for example, let's say Leaf is being constantly put down by his family saying he's not very smart. There are other quirks that they each have in their personality and the way they act that can radically transform the character mm-hmm. from one end to another. So that's really, did really you, interesting. Did you catch how old they were during the competition? So I'm guessing they are around the fourth grade or older, depending on who they are. So we know that Logan is the youngest of them all. We know that Marcy skipped two grades and that's about it. We don't get all the information regarding who who is how old, but we know it probably is variable because since... Um, Marcy's in high school it doesn't go based on like grade for example right mm, I see I see but fourth grade is like 10 years old isn't it mm-hmm. yeah I don't know about you but as a 10 year old I think I literally acted like Leaf I don't I don't think I was very much into like very aware of uh, what was going on well I, I was obviously but you know you're still a child mm-hmm. and yeah, I think for that's true. Leaf was acting more or less yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think they probably leave the age of the character ambiguous for that reason, because they want us to extrapolate for ourselves how old they may be and what kind of uh, behavior is rational or at least makes sense based on their age and what kind of behavior might be a little bit of an anomaly, depending on who they are. So let's go into the first elimination of the competition. The first person eliminated is Chip. Because he was tragically distracted by his erection. He got oh, the word. <laughs> yeah. He got the word tit up and accidentally spelled it with only one T instead of two. Tragically, we have the foreshadowing from earlier. He tried starting over essentially midway because he understood that he said something wrong. But since he already spoken the sequence of letters, he cannot change it. And the remarkable thing about it is he's like the first of the main cast that got eliminated, but he won last year's competition. So something that I found really funny is Rona seemed almost gleeful that he got eliminated, like, more than anybody else which was a little bit sick but also a very quirky thing about her so after getting eliminated chips chips chip sells sweets during intermissions chip sells chips interesting um one <laughs> bad joke sorry it is a bad joke but um one of the sweets he throws contains peanuts which William is very allergic to and actually caused his departure from the finals last year. To be nice, and she is nice, Olive picks up the peanut treat to help him out. And though initially William isn't very kind to her or anybody else really, he warms up his attitude really quick. Next to be eliminated is Leaf, who gains a new sense of confidence in his intellect, bless his soul. After him, we have (laughs) Marcy. And Marcy's situation is a little bit more interesting I would say it's less straightforward so Marcy is definitely an overachiever she speaks six languages she plays sports and she skipped two grades as we talked about before so I think she's in high school right now and everything comes really really easy to her which I don't know how much to believe because she says like oh a fun fact about me is that I only sleep three hours 
I don't know. I don't think that that is somebody where everything comes easy to. You feel? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And also, I don't know how healthy it is. Marcy, I think, is also the kind of person that we see the least amount of family life from. We see a little bit more of their lives outside of the competition for a lot of the other kids or how they are socially and their relationship to other people. And I think for Marcy, Mm -hmm. we see this the least. So I wonder if there is something that we are not privy to something she doesn't want to reveal and this was kind of like the tip off for me at least I actually took it as a more of a like an Asian joke oh okay because she was Asian (laughs) and I thought that it means like oh yeah like maybe her parents are expecting a lot from her and that's why she only has so much break um and other than that like she has to focus on her study and everything else Mm -hmm. um which I don't know how I feel about it I feel like it's just like an Asian stereotype old joke (laughs) that Mm -hmm. has been running in western media since forever so I'm like okay (laughs) that's fair all right do you consider her loss a subversion then because during her loss she has kind of like a come to moment with jesus and she she's like goes to catholic school i think that's something that remains true in every single production so she is religious and in her kind of correspondence with jesus she decides that she doesn't have to win everything and she intentionally blows the word camouflage despite knowing how to spell it so do you find it a subversion or do you find it disappointing? I actually find it interesting. I think mm-hmm. it's a good setup to like realizing what she needs and mm-hmm. what she wants. Um, especially when the part when Jesus is like, actually, I don't really care. Too. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Like stop caring about like what other people thinks and then just do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Which I think it, it could be a good message, right? True, so. true. Yeah. Okay. So after Marcy is eliminated, we have like the final three, which are Olive, William, and Logan. So Olive gets a phone call from her dad that he is going to be even later. He's going to come to the competition even later than she expected due to work. And her mom is in a self-care retreat in India, which is something we knew from before. So essentially both of her parents ignore her and neglect her. And there's also a hint in the Uh, lyrics that they might be abusive if not physically then definitely emotionally which is super duper heartbreaking but in logan's turn she asks the judge for too many alternate definitions which cause him to have an anger burst and be escorted off stage and after the incidents another heartbreaking disappointment from the family logan's pushy dad goes to the stage to Mm -hmm. comfort her and deliberately spills his drink on the stage so that William's foot technique won't work. And they discuss this kind of shady cheating business and uh, she doesn't say anything, which I understand. Like she's a small kid and it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your father, even though she knows it's wrong. So I don't begrudge her on this. I don't think she noticed. No, she uh, noticed. At least in, oh, she noticed mm-hmm. him. She noticed. Drink. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see, I see. But she does come through later on, right? She does. Yeah. So I think like, A, it's so much responsibility to put on a child, like not only from her family, but also just saying like to your family, this is something that is wrong in her age. And also she does try to make it better afterwards. So I see that some people kind of begrudge her on this and I don't think they should. So that's my thoughts on this. But good news, William manages to successfully spell the word without his magic foot technique. So he understood that he doesn't need it all along. And we go back to Logan afterwards, who cleans up the drink before starting to spell Mm -hmm. her own word. 
So she unfortunately overthinks it and misspells it. And that brings us to the final two spellers, which are Olive and William. William develops feelings towards Olive's during the duration of the competition, but they are both really determined to win. Olive gets a word wrong, but William can't win unless he spells his word correctly as well. So William knows the word and he that he got, but he hesitates spelling it out because he doesn't want to hurt Olive by winning. Olive tells him to spell it right. She tells him it's okay. So he does and he wins. And the price for winning is $200, which seems a little bit small. <laughs> and the funny thing is they're like, oh, make it go towards your college fund as if U.S. colleges are not outrageously yeah. expensive. And the judge decides to do a very kind thing and create a $25 second prize, which is the prize of the entrance fee and gives the prize to Olive. So we get a glimpse into the future of all the characters and they're all happy and fulfilled, which is what truly counts. And that is the summary of Spelling Bee. So I guess before we start going into the song by song, blow by blow for everything, I have to say that I changed my mind 180 degrees when I watched the musical itself. So I remember <laughs> I remember listening to the cast recording and going straight to Emma saying like, I really don't get what all the fuss is about, but I think this is one of those musicals where watching it helps so much with getting the hype because, well, we'll talk about it by song by song, but I think the songs themselves alone don't do the entire musical justice. Um, Did you have a similar moment? But then again, you don't listen to a cast recording first. Uh, Yeah. Oh my God. I don't, I don't want to be the only person here. That says like bad things about it, but <laughs> I don't I don't know if I agree. For the songs or for the musical? For the musical. Ooh, okay. No, that's definitely I am definitely. No, but I feel like yeah. <laughs> it's more I'm fun just gonna that say way. it. I'm just gonna say it up from it. I feel like I'm more of a like a story person. Mm. And the fact like this one is um like, it doesn't yeah it's very care to have instead of mm. like plot heavy is probably already not like the typical things that I will be attracted to so that maybe that's fair. fine yeah that is fair yeah I feel <laughs> like the tip-off should be the fact that I was able to summarize it within a single short sentence but I guess I'll be curious to see what you think about the songs then so the first song is going to be an amalgamation of many many um, so we're starting with the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee the spelling rules and my favorite moment of the bee. Claire, let's pick up on you. <laughs> oh no. All right, this start? is actually good because my thoughts are actually quite short. Perfect. I think I actually had a pretty good feeling about the first song because it introduced to us to a lot of characters. There's a lot of laughter. And even though that maybe it's the recording that we were watching, like oh, it sucked. Th- Sorry. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> So I didn't really know what was going on. I had to watch it twice because of that. I watched watched the uh, original recording that we saw, which was the original Broadway cast. And then Uh I watched like some college production. (laughs) Okay, okay. I think I watched the Brown University one. Okay, good for you. I only watched the one that you posted so <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, it's maybe sucked, that's but i really wanted to started. see like a broader production we, we always try except for the fumbling that i've done for avenue q where you said was some kind of like community production community service not community service community theater community theater production except for that we try to go for like west end or broadway cast almost always unless this is something True. that didn't make it to broadway or West True. End, like a very Potter musical or like Star Kids production, or I think Hunchback of Notre Dame never made it to Broadway either. 
I could be wrong. <laughs> well, I gotta say Star Kids has like fantastic recordings. And that's one of the things that we like love about them and the reason why we cover them so much. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> back to the song. Back to the song. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that it's actually like a pretty good starting. Like, what do you call it? Like beginning? Opener? Um, compared to the rest of the show. So mm-hmm. actually I was feeling okay about the first couple of songs. I thought Rana, Rona, Rona mm-hmm. has really beautiful vocal. That's what I noticed. Um, it's also very repetitive, which in a lot of cases I didn't mind, but in this case, I did mind a little bit. And I feel like it's because of how just chaotic it was. And I also kind of get it that it's probably because it's children and also the recording quality stuff but it, it was <laughs> it was a lot more chaotic than my preferred taste though uh, true. Um, but what do you guys think emma you go next <laughs> okay for me let's see the first song i thought was interesting i thought it was fun and i got the gist and i appreciated that because sometimes i hear the first song and i'm not quite sure what to expect from the musical mm-hmm. and this is one of the things that was different that I liked, but I can see how someone would not like this sort of structure. Um, and then, oh, but there was but there was one thing that did bug me after the song. So I realized the structure was a competition. But the thing is, now throughout the whole musical, I was worried. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were going to try and pull a trick on us that, you know, maybe there is a tie or maybe the competition was called off because um, I find that a lot of other shows that I've seen, sometimes when there is a competition, they try to do something original, but it's not satisfying. And I was very happy that it turned out to be not the case mm-hmm. in this musical. There was a clear winner and not even the winner I was personally expecting. Yeah. But anyhow, <laughs> that's uh, that was my experience from the first song. I liked it, but it also worried me. I really enjoyed it. It's the one, it's the rule one. right and it it showed how much the contestants were invested in it how much they wanted it and also their emotions that they had attached to the competition uh you know when the bell rang they all kind of they recoiled back in horror they're like no we don't want to hear the bell and they knew the the rules to a t and that was um it was nice to see this passion in the contestants. Um, so the third one, my favorite moment of the beat, it was nice. It gave us a background story. I appreciate that too. I liked her voice, but the type of song was a bit more like not exactly my taste. It was calmer, less rowdy. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was definitely uh, a different uh, a different contrast there. Oh, for sure. For me, so I'm going to go back and mishmash them together just because I feel like I don't have enough to say on the spelling rules and my favorite moment of the B to justify them being separate. But overall, as the three of them together, I think it is a really good opener for the musical because it introduces the setting and all the main characters very superficially so that when we delve a bit more into their backstories and why they care about spelling and the competition itself we have our expectations subverted which is something you you touched on Emma and I think you also touched on Claire earlier when we were talking about Marcy Um, and they do that a lot with the musical so I bet most people when they just see this very superficially they would expect Olive to win and it was very Mm -hmm. shocking to see Barfy or Barfay win because this is the very classic origin story for a lot of these kind of movies 
um, which I think probably what you would be familiar with the structure is movies rather than musicals or even books. In terms of the opener, I think the song itself sounds the most childish out of all of them, which is something that you touched on, Claire. So Rona has a very kindergarten teacher structure to her part of the song. So even though like Rona specifically, considering how much she relishes in the children being eliminated, it really gives me like Willy Wonka vibes. And I'm not sure I necessarily want her to be next to children, but that makes her a more enjoyable character for me. Like, did you get any Willy Wonka, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory vibes from this at all? I would expect the Oompa Loompas to come and sing about the tragic falling of all the kids (laughs) any second. No, just me. Did you read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? No, I watched a movie. The Johnny Depp one, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. In the, in the movie. Gene Wilder one, the Oompa Loompa come and sing about the uh, tragic fall of all the children. So that was, was really yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> I didn't get from her Willy Wonka vibe, but I can still totally see the, the children coming back like Oompa Loompas and singing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, the children themselves in the song I did enjoy. They're all very like unified and they don't show all that much emotions, especially considering they have like this line like we're like people think we're automatons, but that's exactly what we're not. That sounded very automaton like to me, which is the joke, obviously. But that's to say the entire verse of the children singing every single time during this openers and also the rules was very very robotic to me and I didn't really enjoy that lack of emotion especially since we'll have so much emotion later on from them we're essentially getting a character study on each and every one of them in a short very short amount of time focusing on different aspects of their personalities so seeing them so superficial makes sense because we're just early on and again this like compliments the subversiveness that we'll have later but for me it should start more like it should have a bigger impact as an opening song and I don't think it does that enough there is a fine line to walk in here and to balance between the subversiveness the subversiveness which they obviously like and the lack of impact that they Mm -hmm. should work on Um, so that's something that I personally would maybe improve a little bit Apart from that, I think making the song childish is another way to show the the subversiveness. I will say this word so many times during this episode, I'm sorry. So it's better, like it would be better for me if I get it packed down. But the childishness of this song, I think would play later on very well with the fact that the less than child-friendly themes are going to be coming towards the end of the first act so it's kind of like the contrast between these two which is really interesting and about the melody I really enjoyed Rona's voice you both said she has a beautiful beautiful voice and more specifically I really enjoyed the it's my favorite moment of the B refrain which will come again over and over and the joke they're setting up for her with the word syzygy but unfortunately just to summarize I don't like the kids in here at all in this number to make mm-hmm. it clear. Uh, <laughs> next one is My Friend the Dictionary. Emma, let's start with you and give Claire a break. It's a very reliable friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was another song that introduced the Olive a little more to us, how she got into spelling and in a way how the dictionary feels her loneliness. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good song. I love Olive's voice as well. I think she has a beautiful voice. But it was probably not one of my favorites, just again, because it's a bit calmer. 
then the rest and the melody is a little I was <laughs> looking for something more excited but it was a good song and I do appreciate that every song in the musical has lots of jokes in it and even in this gentle song where Olive was opening up about her relationship with spelling they, they still inserted a little joke about the potty and stuff like that so the toilet toilet didn't they say potty? You, no, I think they said toilet when she, she read it on the toilet. Oh, shit. So why am I saying potty? Maybe you're channeling. When you said this, all I could think about was like Draco Malfoy. Me too. <laughs> in, the, in the accent too. Potty is very Draco Malfoy. It's this is so Malfoy. bizarre though. I, I really thought she said potty, but now that you're saying it, you're right. Maybe you are right. I mean, you're definitely more familiar with the musical than I am. So it could be that she says both, but she definitely said toilet. She definitely <laughs> A toilet. Oh my goodness. Maybe Malfoy's trying to communicate with me. I think he, you're channeling him. You're channeling Draco Malfoy. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I mean, he's probably the best character in the musical. So, okay. okay yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm going to keep giving Claire a break and I'll say what I think about this, I guess. So, Obviously, Olive is a character. She deserves the world. She's just so resilient. And she really has like the Matilda vibes going on for her, considering like how neglectful she is, neglectful, neglected she is at home. And that (laughs) she also has to find like comfort for herself. And in her case, it's the dictionary. In Matilda's case, it's books. So it's definitely giving me very much Matilda vibes. And I think it also illustrates her quirks pretty well. So as I mentioned before, in the opening, we get like very robotic children and they're trying to ease us into the quirks of each and every child little by little. And I think this is a very gentle way to ease us in with her, who is probably the least quirky of them all. It is also the first song we get from like a contestant. And those have such an important role within the musical to humanize the kids and make us care for them but there is also as I mentioned before just so much room for interpretation within those roles so the two production of seeing the original Broadway cast and the Brown University one they just showed Olive in such different ways and I actually really like it because I don't think I've noticed such like stark contrast between productions and other duplicate musicals of scenes so this is really interesting to me but I have to say song wise I'm not a huge fan of this one it's fine enough to put in the background but without the visual it doesn't really give me much it's not very memorable it has a tune that's like oh it's okay but it's nothing that makes you want to listen to it necessarily it's nothing that would make you even remember her all that much because Mm -hmm. it is that gentle so that's my qualms with this particular song I feel like the fact that I'm going as the last person to comment on the song like actually gives me a lot of pressure because I feel like I can't say anything bad about the song I will not say I will not put your last thing (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay I'm just joking um but honestly I thought it was an okay song it's I didn't find it particularly funny. I mm-hmm. um kind of like to Emma's point about the the toilet joke. I never really find the toilet related joke that much funny, even with the uh, Malfoy or, or Draco's um <laughs> constant joke in a very Potter like series. Mm-hmm. But I can relate to Olive at one point, and that is like reading something just on your own, like completely, because I never really had experience like reading through the the dictionary but um when I was a kid there was this Chinese poetry like poems and that is like we have like this something called the poems and 300 most famous poems or something along those lines Mm -hmm. 
and just like a compilation of all the important poems that you probably need to know from this dynasty. And I used to read it whenever I had a chance to go into the bathroom. I'll like, I'll read it and I'll like try to memorize them. So I can see myself doing that and I could feel like, oh, Olive and I has something in common. But other than that, I never really have too much feelings um, about Olive as a character because I feel like she's clearly teacher's favorite kind of and I feel like it's not really that fair I like I get it that she is neglected and um, there's a lot of her stories that makes the audience like empathize with her feel bad for her and like want to root for her but other than that like I didn't really feel like I was able to relate to her too much other than the fact that we both read something that was like very extensive in terms of in terms of context when we were kids. And I guess it probably also has something to do with that all the kids are played by adults, actors. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the fact that they're played by adults makes me have even less empathy towards them. Unlike Matilda, which is played by like literally a child. And I feel like, okay, I can feel bad for her. Like all these adults pretending to be children is like... Yes! (laughs) Really? I actually Definitely. didn't mind it all that much in here really? this specific reason. I don't know why. Like for Be More Chill, I think it did bother me that the characters didn't look as young as they were supposed to. But in here, I don't think they make any catastrophic mistakes necessarily, except for maybe Logan, that requires special forgiveness based on age. For me, at least, special forgiveness. Not like I'm I'm like my forgiveness matters all that much. But I just didn't think it factored all that much into the story Hmm. I thought it was weird I think that's that's the thing that that's the quirkiness that I was talking about earlier or at least a component of it Mm -hmm. where I saw this song I'm not sure which one it was again it could have been the the first song and it was like adults were sitting and behaving like children and to add on it the song itself was childish and all of that it was a little silly but it was also intriguing (laughs) So mm-hmm. definitely I noticed that there were um, adults there and it, it definitely had an effect. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Emma, for making <laughs> me feel like I'm not alone. Anytime. <laughs> Fair enough. So Emma was going to place her bets as to what song is going to be my favorite. And I think mm-hmm. if I have to go through it, it only makes sense that she will have to go through it too. Emma, what? <laughs> knowing nothing about Claire, what do you think would be would be her favorite song? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's hard. Okay, wait, I'm trying to I'll think. give you a hint. Heather. I'll give you a hint. No, don't give any hint. No hints. <laughs> I'm trying to think Claire. I'm trying to she be nice to Emma. Jadine from Heathers. She likes Mysterious, Bad Boy. No, I'm trying to think. Oh, look bad at boy? that. She has you no, down I'm to into murder. No, <laughs> I would say, oh, this is hard. Okay, okay. I would I say. I love how seriously you're taking it. Actually, yeah, it's really nice. too. Yeah, I'm flattered. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think maybe pandemonium. Okay, that's interesting. No confirmation from anybody. <laughs> we each ha- we each say our favorite song as it comes up. By the way, in case you forgot. Okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it. I'm okay. gonna say I'm not that smart because. Uh, <laughs> no, this is an there. educational guess. Say... This is an educational guess. <laughs> <laughs> it it was a good song and. I got the information that you both really liked Leaf. So maybe that's the that's one of the songs that warmed your heart to him, especially. So I'm okay. gonna say I'm not that smart. Interesting. 
So what would you wager is mine? Okay, yours. She's prepared for this one. <laughs> yes, for sure. I think yours would be the one of the mama, mama, mama. <laughs> Interesting. Is this? Uh, um... It's the I love you song. I, think. I love you. Yes, yeah, the I love you song. Okay, I'm going to put my bets as well. For you, considering there are only two songs that you really sang in the kitchen, it kind of narrows it down for me to Pandemonium and to I Speak Six Languages. I think I'll go with I Speak Six Languages for you, Emma. For you, Claire, that's a really, really difficult thing because you already said you don't really like this musical, I think. So <laughs> I think I'll go with what Emma says and go with I'm Not That Smart. I feel like Becky's favorite is going to be Pandemonium. Because my notes for that song was, it's so messy and noisy, and I felt like that's your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. And for Emma, I have absolutely no idea. But <laughs> I'm going to guess something like either i speak six six languages or jesus interesting i don't know i don't this is like a totally random guess it speaks nothing of my understanding of, of you as a person you guys you would not believe the amount of technical difficulties we're experiencing here this is a very chaotic very chaotic episode so if it does sound a little bit off the cuff then this is the reason if you're having a good time because it is chaotic, let us know. Maybe we'll try to implement a little bit more of chaos theory into things. We don't know. So the next one is a song that came up quite frequently during our bets here. The First Goodbye and Pandemonium. I'm just going to mishmash them together if that's okay. So I guess I'll start and I'll make sure Claire doesn't go last to not put her on the spot. <laughs> So Thank Claire, you. you're going to go after me. And I'm sure the entire time I'm speaking, you'll think about your turn. But um, personally, uh, you guys were very close. Pandemonium was like something I was debating on quite a bit of whether to put it as my favorite because this is a really really enjoyable song I just love the energy of it it's not my favorite but it's almost there um oh. yeah I just love the energy of it I think it makes a lot of sense considering these are children we're talking about so of course they would be outraged by the nature of the competition where the words from the bank are random and there is a high likelihood of somebody getting like a really unfairly easy word sometimes they get like really really easy words sometimes they get ridiculously hard words and I totally understand not viewing it as fair and I think especially these are children I would understand why they wouldn't think it's fair so I think based on their ages alone it tracks really well and also of course Emma you sang it so frequently it got stuck in my head regardless for no reason uh, <laughs> but to be fair it is a really really fun song I don't think I appreciate it fully as much before and I could see myself listening to it outside the episode. So Claire, you're right about the chaos part for sure. I also enjoy the foreshadowing with the line, the best spellers don't necessarily win, which gets repeated when Marcy loses on purpose. And it's mm. so true considering like she came ninth during nationals last year. We don't know where Chip placed because he won the county competition the year before but we do know where William placed and he placed 42nd I'm guessing there are only 50 spaces so he placed quite low quite far down in terms of the national competition so I liked a bit of foreshadowing there it just has a good vibe chaotic energetic vibe that really resonates with me Claire what do you think <laughs> yeah it's a very messy song for me. Yes. I feel like it's way too messy for my taste. And I know 
you know that <laughs> I always don't have too much of a tolerance in terms of messy songs. I honestly thought it was so noisy. Funny thing is, I was so I was watching it on TV, right? And I was playing it out. Uh, my my boyfriend was working the same like a space mm-hmm. and whenever like he looks over he'd be like what the heck are you watching it's so loud <laughs> and I'm like well it's not my fault it's the song and like these are kids so I guess that they're loud and he just goes like well you know what this is interesting choice of musical and I'm like you know I never would have watched this on my own so I think this is great because <laughs> I never <laughs> would have known that this is actually such a thing and people are crazy about this just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean that it couldn't be yours so yeah yeah. I still enjoy it from a perspective that how chaotic it is. I feel like after maybe the first couple seconds that I, I try to enjoy it, just seeing just how chaotic everything is. I honestly couldn't think of a better word than chaotic, but <laughs> it is very messy <laughs> and it's it's good to be exposed to different things, you know? So yeah, very short. <laughs> and I thought the first goodbye was funny. That's yeah. something. So That's- I never knew that how they're going to, I guess, force an audience to leave. Like, that's say if an audience is like super good at something and like, how are they going to cut them off? And I guess we'll see that later on in the show. But from this point, I was like, if I got ca- called off to the stage and they're like, oh, please develop the sport. I'll be like, no, I will not mm-hmm. even try to attempt to like oh give me give me the definition please give me in the sentence please I'll just be like I don't know zw whatever and then <laughs> knowing that it's for sure wrong I'm just like jumping off the stage myself Aww. you don't even have to escort me oh that's really <laughs> sweet did you Wait, do any you... of the wardles since we I tried it once I tried it once but I'm gonna let you know that I'm so bad at spelling in general like oh. are you guys good at spelling or were you guys ever into the spelling bee sort of thing i was never into spelling myself i was a like horrible English. speller in hebrew okay. horrible same. speller in hebrew because there are quite a few letters that sound the same but uh obviously you wouldn't be able to guess it yourself if they sound the same so it's really really difficult to get it right that way and mm-hmm. also unlike languages like German when when Barfi or Barfay got a German last word I was like oh okay this is going to be an easy mode for him but in terms of English so I was a horrible horrible English student before I came to Canada (laughs) except for maybe until like grade eight I just didn't care about it and then I figured out I can read books in English faster than I could read them in Hebrew because it takes time to translate them and that kind of made me like it a little bit more that and just liking languages in general made me appreciate spelling for them a little bit more so I'd say I'm a decent speller for English but definitely not like a good one and if Mm -hmm. you get me on a word that I do not know I'll definitely have the same reaction as you of like I'm just gonna take myself out with the trash and take myself off the stage (laughs) you know (laughs) I'm just very 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 grateful for autocorrect for spell checker (laughs) they are my lifesavers <laughs> no but um yes very similar experience I'm okay with English or at least I can say better than Hebrew it was uh very challenging for me to spell in Hebrew mm-hmm. many letters you just 
unless you literally memorize the word, you cannot figure it out necessarily from the sound of it. So it's uh, it's crazy. I don't know if our brother would agree. He'd be like, oh, of course, the root is this, this, and this. So obviously it would be spelled that, that, and that. So it depends. Some of us are more linguistically gifted than others. I don't think I was given the gift. Emma, I think you were probably given the gift, but definitely our brother <laughs> got it. So who knows? Is anybody in your family a great speller, Claire? No. No. (laughs) Like, without hesitation, no. (laughs) Were you familiar with the concept of, like, spelling bee competitions? Yeah. Okay. But... uh, You weren't exposed to it yourself. Yeah, it's not a thing in Taiwan, obviously. And I never really understand what's so interesting about it, is the Mm. thing. Yeah, it's like... Maybe it's because in Chinese, you don't spell... You don't spell a word. You don't really spell a word. There's no characters. Yeah. So for me, it's so different. It's this like entirely different thing that I don't, I, I can't imagine happening like in my childhood kind of. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it would be yeah, more like a vocab competition if it were to happen in like Chinese. I don't even know what it would be, to be honest. It's like whether you or not you can write the word probably because it's a character yeah. more than anything, but I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe you should be the pioneer, like Rona was for other countries. Nah, you okay. can bring it to <laughs> yeah. Taiwan and be like, look at this magnificent spelling bee. And also there is a nifty little musical that comes along with us. You know, I can't see it being too fun for myself to do either. But no. when <laughs> I remember there was this time where I opened YouTube and I did watch a spelling bee competition and I was mm-hmm. in awe that these tiny little children were spelling these very long <laughs> words and these very big words it was crazy to me that they were able to get these words and give the spelling for them because even even for a word a simple word I know the spelling for if you ask me now to spell it I'll need a few moments just oh yeah to, just to make yeah. sure I'm not I just psych myself out for sure yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know if you've seen it in your production as well because I think my production was different than both of yours, but one of the audience members were was a really good speller, and they were given a word, and they got correct, mm-hmm. which was not supposed to happen <laughs> according to the plot. So they were called again to the stage, and they were giving like in 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 order, like right at, right after they were just called, they were called again. Mm-hmm. Were given the another word, a more complicated one. I've never heard of that word. <laughs> I've read about this happening with their production. So if they have yeah. like people who won spelling competitions before, I think they had an event sometimes where they even had to make up words for them to stop, you know, spelling them yeah. correctly. Yeah, they yes. can be they can be quite rough with this, but it's also a lot of fun, I'm assuming, for the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what happened with the production I've seen, at some point they didn't let her see, go back to the seat, because what happened is she went to seat, they called her name again, she went to seat, they called her name again, so at some point they told her not to sit, and they just said in the mic, uh, they said something like, Miss Michael will have to get this word wrong so we can continue with the plot. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. That's creative. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so we got that tangent out of the way, but what do you think about the song itself? Pandemonium, I really related to. Uh, it resonated with me that the chorus, where they're like, life is random and unfair, life is pandemonium. And even maybe not in the context of spelling, I can see many other situations where a lot of it comes down to luck or 
you know, things don't work out. So I felt I felt a little bit of their pain, but it was definitely a very hyper song, uh, very chaotic and fun. And I can see how you'd like it or hate it. I, I liked it. And, Is it your uh, favorite? Not my favorite. You did not get me there. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't I, I didn't guess pandemonium. I guess no, no, I no, speak no. six languages. Yes, sorry, both of you said six languages, right? Uh, yeah, Claire said six languages slash Jesus, which I think I personally think of them as the same song. So yes, effectively, yes. Okay, okay. No, so it's not it's not my favorite, not yet. But what I like Dionysus is that even like while singing the song and everything was Celtic, each character still managed to express themselves. Mm-hmm. They yeah, they presented it in their character and their way, their movements and the way they were singing lines. Or even the lines they got to sing. So Leaf got the part where it says, like, I feel supersonic. And he jumped or something like that. Mm-hmm. More quirky. Uh, and I love the goodbyes. But the thing with the goodbyes is I never know how to interpret it. Some goodbyes are more sad. Some are happy. And I don't know if, if it's genuine sadness or maybe it's um, it's a bit of like a fake sadness. Or yeah. they're happy that they left. I, I never know how to interpret the goodbyes from the contestants' perspectives, the ones that still remain, how mm-hmm. they, what they think when they say those goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but I fair. like them. <laughs> okay, going into our bets for Claire, I'm not that smart. Claire, you're going to start because you're going to tell us if we're right. Ooh, right. Um, it's interesting because I don't feel like I really have a favorite song. And... <laughs> it was difficult for me this episode too. Yeah. Sorry? It was difficult for me this episode too, so I can relate. Yeah, yeah. But if anything, I'll say you you two probably are right because Leave is my favorite and I feel like I do have a bias for his number. Even though as a song itself, it's not it's not something I'll add to my playlist for sure. But then mm-hmm. I can appreciate his character more than others. Yeah. It's Leaf is so cute (laughs) I think it's one of the more adorable ones baby boy is what he is yeah yeah that's it (laughs) okay I guess I'll go next as I mentioned before I also love Leaf he's my favorite character too he absolutely breaks my heart he stumps on it then shatters it into teeny little pieces and just because like I hate when people say they aren't smart every single time I hear people say you know oh I'm actually not that smart it breaks my heart every single time without fail and I feel like in here it's even worse considering the reason why he internalized that he's not smart is because of his family who are supposed to be you know in his corner and that just makes it so so much worse for me and this is a PSA for everyone who ever thought they weren't smart including you Claire (laughs) yes you are smart and you got this. I don't know. I just really, really, really love Leaf. He's just a bright person with so much great attitude on stage. He definitely has the best attitude on stage in both of the productions I've seen. And I also found that the comedic elements, even though they're really over the top, and usually that kind of over the top comedic moves would annoy me, in here they really landed well. And I thought they were hilariously funny. The song itself, even though I have all these great association towards Leaf, is not the best, in my opinion, from the musical, but it is definitely up there. It's on the stronger side. What but do you to think? be honest, mm. half of the song is him going, blah, blah. That's the funny, <laughs> that's the funny quote unquote elements. Yeah. But shows great range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what sure. do you think? Um, I like the song. 
Mm, well, this part is uh, less this part, but I appreciate it also for the comedic effect. Yeah. And I really like how when he gets the words, he brights up and he's like, I think it's it's in this part where he says, he's like, ha, ah, my siblings didn't, couldn't believe that I got this right, but I got mm-hmm. it right. And then he gains confidence and it's the sweetest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really like that. And even when he leaves, he lives with such a positive attitude, gaining from it, you know, some some extra confidence and knowledge that he doesn't need to get the approval of his family necessarily he knows his worth now mm-hmm. after the spelling bee and he found something that he loves so he's definitely a sweet character and this song was uh very sweet seeing seeing him go through it and yeah oh but you know what well, I don't know if we mentioned it but I love how this is th- this was the funnest part for me actually every time there was a word to spell people ask for the origin and to use it in a sentence and these oh, yeah. were each mini jokes on their own yeah that's a really good part for sure it was good it was great it was a good aspect to give to the judge as well because he really got to show his personality before mm-hmm. his breakdown later on do you know a youtuber called KSI I heard of him, but I don't watch any of his stuff. I usually don't watch his his videos as well. Um, but he has some boys that he hangs out with, and they're all YouTubers. And they did like a spelling bee test one time, and I watched that video, which was really funny. And it sort of like reminds me of that because like they will target just maybe one person out of the entire group and give him like something that is super difficult, um, <laughs> which is I guess the joke of it. Is he but, the one that boxed Logan Paul? I am not sure, but he definitely was some in some sort of boxing-ish thingy. He also has a rap song. I don't listen to rap, so I don't I can't comment on that. Mm. But anyways, yeah, yeah. It's really funny if uh, <laughs> anyone in the audience is interested in that. I I'll recommend it. It's very funny. Speaking of funny, magic foot, what are your thoughts? I'm just going to get it done and over with. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) um, No, as like, because I have so little things to say about each song. So I feel like might as well just, you know, get off my chest. Um, But yeah, I think the music is a little bit more interesting than the other songs. Um, But I don't really like the character. I thought, (laughs) I thought he's really, okay. Interesting. I mean, he's, interesting in terms of like he has slightly different struggle than all the other kids like I feel like in terms of the struggles and the story of other kids is very similar like they're either neglected or that they're being told that they feel like they have to use this opportunity to prove their worth kind Mm -hmm. of and it's fine if you have only one or two characters with that sort of mindset, but when you have like maybe three or more, mm-hmm. it's like, it's getting pretty repetitive and it's the same message, right? In like every song. So I feel like in that regard, it's, um, I definitely have less and less chance to like them because they're so similar in that in that sense but then for this song it's slightly different um which is fine which is fine but I (laughs) as a character he's okay Uh, and uh and but the music is a little bit more interesting so I'll give him the credits of that okay fair enough I do like all the kids here actually but this song is definitely different I agree with you and I think the musical is really really funny and though it is a stiff competition. I think Barfi 
Mabarfe. I always will say both of them just because I can hear him scream in my head. Uh. Um, <laughs> wins this by a landslide. He is by far the funniest character in there. And really? this number, yeah, for sure. And this number, I think, is a great way to showcase that. So this number employs a lot of physical comedy elements into it, which is a little bit difficult to see from the original Broadway cast herself. <laughs> but from other productions, it has um, a lot of like physical comedy to it. It has like a costume change. It has a lot of theatricality and camp, which are two things that I greatly appreciate and I think the number delivers really really well on and even though like Barfies or Barfay's actor obviously fakes fakes like an affectation I think it just really works very well with the character overall and that gives kind of like a terrific overall number the tune itself is also decently catchy which I think also speaks to the strength of the number uh yeah I like it I like it a lot but I agree with you character wise Barfi or Barfay has a lot of different things to go through so I think there is an aspect of kind of making him a warmer person so you can see he's a little bit abrasive as a person early on he picks fights for no reason with chip when chip gets eliminated just to feel a little bit more superior i'm guessing i mean to be honest he's allergic to peanuts and he just threw at him nuts <laughs> yeah but he crazy. didn't like he didn't know this obviously i don't think chip knew that he's allergic to peanuts necessarily but i think the way that they show his character development happening within the competition and just showing how he improves as a person due to his exposure to more people because it is very well known or very repeated throughout the musical that nobody likes him and he has no friends because of various reasons so his exposure to other people is what makes him a more decent and tolerable person which will help him a lot down the road so I don't know. I think that's a great thing about it. I that that is an aspect of his character I personally really enjoyed. <laughs> I think it's a fun song. It's not my favorite, but uh, it's it's okay. But one thing that was striking for me is I don't think I've ever heard a voice like Barfay's. Oh, he Bar- puts an affectation on. Ah, and also the the coarseness of it a little bit. Yeah. It has roughness to it that I've never really heard before. It was a well-executed song. Now we get to the finale. And the reason why we get to the finale is I'm going to mishmash all these songs together. So we have Pandemonium Reprise, My Favorite Moment of the Bee Reprise, We Like Spelling, and Prayer of the Comfort Counselor. I feel really bad to say this, but I feel like the music in this musical, it's not something that I usually vibe with very much. And that... I feel like has a couple of reasons. So first, I don't really enjoy children's centered plots very much. Like not even children, but like teenagers, for example, like Be More Chill, Dear Evan Hansen, um, like anything that has to do with high school. I'm very, I'm very okay with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as like, okay as like, I don't have special feelings towards them. I feel like they're, they're just okay. Like pretty mediocre. So in terms of the plot, in terms of the plot um so I feel like children theme musical is not really my thing and the music in this musical is very messy sometimes yeah um there's a lot of it I don't even know if it's I don't even know how to describe it but it's just so different like maybe it's the style of singing too like they're Mm -hmm. trying to be more like children-like um but to me it would have been so much more convincing and so much easier to sympathize with them if 
the actors were kids. And I think I will enjoy it a lot more if it's kids. Because mm-hmm. kids, to me, are kind of like, you know, when you just look at the, a cute baby's video or like a cute dog's video or something, you go like, oh, and that's cute. But if it's adult, and I feel like I can't go like all in a in grown person. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have a hard time connecting to these. And the, these couple last songs of first act sort of like they're not children's song in terms of like they're not sing by the the children characters but then I feel like I found myself getting sort of tired of that towards the end of act one I sort of just want to get on with act two and see what is really going to be about because this whole thing is a competition and the competition is dragging on for so long mm-hmm. um <laughs> and um like, especially we have these, like, reprises, like, Rona singing My Favorite Moment of the Bee. Honestly, that is not specific to the bee. It's, like, every competition, surprises can happen. If you watch any kind of sports, or even not sports competition, but just anything, like, there's always going to be, like, things that is out of expectation. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, personally... It, if anything, it actually makes me dislike Rona a little bit just because I feel like she is so um, like secretly laughing sort of like she was just so secretly happy that, oh, my God, you know what? This person who has so much potential actually end up losing in this like first couple oh, of yeah. rounds. Rona like, is a menace. Is, yeah, <laughs> it's, like, that's awful. I mean, I, I guess like it's human nature to be like, oh, that's really unexpected. But then actually singing and, you know, knowing that she plays favorite, too just makes me I don't know I just can't find myself liking her as a character too too much Mm -hmm. but that is to say I do enjoy actually the out one closer of the song and partly because it answered my original question of like what happens when an audience is too good Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they definitely answer my question prior to this number and I do feel like the song itself is a much better song than the other ones that goes before it imagining that you're this very last person to be on stage and all the other person gets this like 20 seconds the first goodbye the second goodbye and then you get this like I don't know a full length of song dedicating just to you and that is also the the end of act one that is (laughs) a special treatment I am a person that does does not like um, being the center of attention. So I would hate if I'm like being caught up there. But imagine you're the one of the few selected and you're the special lucky one to walk off the stage as at one closes. That would be quite something. So mm-hmm. I imagine, yeah, I imagine this will be quite an experience for the audience. And that would probably not come from any other musical. So it is very special in terms of that, for sure. But it just from just purely an audience who's just listening to the song's perspective, uh, it's it's one of the better songs for sure. Um, but I do <laughs> I do appreciate that the, it is like better song is also the at one closer. So I'm mm-hmm. very happy about that. Emma, you want to go next? Oh, sure, sure. I think with these three songs, they had less substance to them in terms of plot, but they were more there to pad the plot. So my favorite moment of the B, as Claire said, it kind of comes in between in between <laughs> every once in a while. Um, I'm 
I think it's more just as a padding to to emphasize, look, one person left, we have this remaining, we're in a competition. Maybe it's sprawl in the musical in between. In terms of prayer of the comfort counselor mm-hmm. with Mitch Mahoney, I really like Mitch Mahoney just as a character. I know she's there to comfort, but to me, she feels more like a security, like making sure that people go off stage when they're eliminated. She, Mitch Mahoney is a guy. Oh, no way. In my production, it was a she. I see. Or at least in the Broadway cast, it's played by a guy. I see. see. I think she was Michelle in my production. And then they called. Uh, and then she says, I go by Mitch. Interesting. Okay. So this is a variation. That's a, that's a clever way, I think, to go around it. Michelle and yes. Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, oh, so I probably heard this song differently with a yeah, f- uh, more feminine uh, but you listen voice. you listen to the entire cast recording before right and you listen to like yes you watched it so yes I did listen to the Broadway one but I don't remember this song from the Broadway one oh, I see, I see. Uh, too, it's not too prominent on my mind but uh but I liked her role and I thought it was it was again just to pad pad into the plot be like the, the severity of it how much the children care about this and she's giving them this sort of advice don't cry go home continue spell to spell so I thought I thought it did its job in in giving us a break between the more personal songs like magic foot and like I'm not that smart it just padded there and um yeah I, th- I thought that was its job and it did that part mm-hmm I don't like this sequence for Act One Closer. I think Act One Closer should have a lot more gravitas as a number. It should tell you about how things have changed from the beginning to the end of the first act. It should be a much more momentous moment, or at least it should be like noteworthy in some way. And I don't think this did the job, not only by having two reprises jump before the rest of them, but having something like We Like Spelling, I already mentioned that I didn't like the kids part in the original opening, like the opening song here, because they sound like robots or like automatons and they didn't have much emotions or personality to them. At this point, we already know the kids have personality. We already know their quirks. We know a lot more about them. And we like spelling. I don't think it showcases them quite as well as they could in the song Pandemonium. They've already done that well before. Why go back to the Mm. first point where it was really a lot less compelling in my opinion. Prayer of a Comfort Counselor, I think it was the only decent song that is worth listening to out of this sequence. And even that, I just don't think it's all that memorable so what I like about the song is it showcases like really beautiful vocals I always really like gospel elements to songs and this one has it and I think it also is very rare to see such a wholesome character who is also an ex-convict so I also like Mitch but apart from these very very small elements and the reprises that I do like because I like the original songs I'd say it's a little bit of a disappointment for an act one closer. Then we have the act two opener, my unfortunate erection slash distraction, Chip's Lament. That's my favorite song. No, I'm thought, kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, I was about to be outraged because like <laughs> Emma told me that she hates this. Oh, element. I always keep it, always. Yeah, so that's that's really, really funny that you say this. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I do like the part. The melody is really satisfying for me when he says, like, anyone wants candy and all that. Mm-hmm. That is enjoyable to listen to. But 
then he continues on and in that point I <laughs> it just gets weird to me I, I I thought the musical didn't have to give Chip this plot it made it a little less comfortable especially since it's a family musical you come there with your parents maybe your children it's just a bit of a weird component that I didn't like I only like the part when he was throwing the candies to the audience <laughs> yeah I agree yeah I wish I was in the audience <laughs> I bet they're really disgusting candy though they don't look like the, the good kind you would get in Halloween these were the disappointing kind you would get it's not like you know the ultimate is obviously the full size candy bar but in lieu of that you would get like the smaller candy bars that are like brand names like Mars or Kit Kat or something but these look like Jolly Ranchers or something disgusting like that so I like to sure. think they're M&M's <laughs> oh I like M&M's never mind then <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know um, if it is, but I like to think that it is. Oh, you would like to think? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know then. We'll see. If somebody has the in on what kind of candy they are, and if it's worth buying tickets for the production just to get the candy, let us know. Personally, I also hate, well, not hate, but I don't like the song. I was really disappointed by the act one closer, and the act two opener is just as disappointing. I think the sole purpose of this is just to be scandalizing, and I don't think it fits all that much with the rest of the musical thematically, though... It kind of does fit tonally because it's supposed to be all a big joke and the entire musical is very comedic. But even then, I think can be a stretch a little bit. And the reason or the rationale for this, I'm imagining, is that the second act is much more drama heavy, leaving the most tragic, maladjusted characters. So they probably wanted to like start with something that is a lot lighter in tone. And I understand that. But if you want to do something along those lines, maybe pick a better song just saying <laughs> what was me i literally have nothing to say okay about the song or Emma. actually any songs from act two so oh, you can just get me all any together. song at all wow okay Ooh. Hmm. Wait, maybe give it a special favorite <laughs> yeah you didn't tell us your favorite oh she did she did Lee. yeah yeah i did yeah maybe make like a sentence of an effort we'll put you last so you can just like I'll just be like, my favorite is Emma. That's fair. You know, it's not necessarily like the mu- like the best music I've ever seen or there for the musical, but I did like the comedy component of it that was inserted throughout. It was like light, lighter than that. But that's fair. I am only stealing myself towards the final ranking. I can't imagine what Claire would give it. <laughs> but I guess we'll see. I'll, st- I'll sit tight and, and wait. Emma, what do you think about Woe Is Me? Woe Is Me. Oh, okay. Your I favorite like character. Song. It is. It is, exactly. I like the, I like the song. She sta- it's just amazing to me how she stays in characters throughout, throughout the song. And she has this very anxious personality that also cares about politics. And uh, she talks about her dad's. And her mom and I like that she expresses that and it comes through in the song it's another fun song uh, where we get to hear a little more about her and about her dad's but apart from that I also don't have too much to say about it I just I just enjoy to see I just enjoy seeing the character itself I think the way she carries herself on stage is very entertaining Mm -hmm. and she always exaggerates like her emotions and whatnot. So I always find it funny, but I don't have too much to say about this song either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd say this is one of the less memorable numbers as well. 
in terms of the number itself, I feel like a lot of the time when people say something like woe is me, uh, you hear that phrase and it sounds very sarcastic, at least to me. And I was about to think the same thing about Logan initially, considering on the surface, she seems to have one of the best home lives because she has two loving fathers and she seems to be like from a relatively privileged background. When you learn a little bit more about who she is, you really understand that even though on the surface things seem really really good for her she has one of the most tragic backstories of the characters which is really really heartbreaking the song itself is cute i don't know how memorable the verses are in fact i know how memorable the verses are they aren't the only thing that really comes to mind from the song is the chorus and i think the chorus is really really well done but it's not enough to make the entire song great oh yeah and you just reminded me to add on to that. I like how she refers to America she, in, when she presents herself. She's like, um, I hope you love me, America. Yeah. Or America, I'm going for first prize. And then oh, later yeah. when she gets eliminated, she has this reprise where she talks uh, about, I hope you still love me, America. My interpretation for that was that like she's adopted right and she knows who her birth mother is she lives in like Tennessee I think but I would like to think that she is adopted from a like non-American place so like somewhere outside of America is what I mean to say and that's why she internalized all these kind of emotions towards America that she wouldn't have had if she were to necessarily be born there I know obviously thematically it's or on paper it's not true because we know her mom is American her birth mom but I think it would have worked a lot better if she was an immigrant herself and she was adopted by her dads. I speak six languages. Emma, where we write. Yes. Yes. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, but it is definitely up there. And Becky might remember me singing that song like crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, because I was thinking for a while to use it as my audition song. I wrote that in my oh, notes. Oh, really? I wrote that as my notes. I literally said, I think you wanted to audition with it somewhere at some point. I don't remember. But I literally had the memory that you did. Yes. Yeah. And then I realized that <laughs> this song doesn't fit my vocal. <laughs> so I will. <laughs> but I was I was for a while um, uh, going for this uh, song in my audition. Because she belts in the middle. It displays a few different like voice ranges and aspects. And you can act a little bit while singing it. But it wasn't, was not for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a good song. Uh, I like, I like the song itself. I think it's, it is definitely one of the best in the musical. And I think it does the job really well in portraying how overachiever mm-hmm. it, she is and how she essentially like, all the time, all her life, she views everything as competition, even being the lightest for her height. And, you know, something that most people don't think is a competition or uh, don't even think about it. She counted it in as if she's still competing for something. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting uh, outlet. Yeah, that's true. For me, I don't have much to say about this one. It's an absolute banger. I was also this. There are three songs that were the highlight, I think, for me in the musical. So, Pandemonium was one of them. I speak some language languages is another, and then there's another one coming. Mm-hmm. And this really, really worked well for me. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being pandered to when she said uh, "Vanu Dachalom." That was really nice, but I appreciated it. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> I think she yeah. spoke. Did she speak any Chinese in the in the number? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't pick up anything actually. 
No. Oh, that's, that's I picked awesome. up something. What really? did you pick? Yeah, she said in Hebrew, she said, uh, I said, that. I, oh, you I said, said that? Yeah, she I enjoy said, being I, pandered to. <laughs> just said many I think we can, oh. we can start realizing that probably um, we just all like zone off when you start speaking. I like, pay attention. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but I pay very close attention to what you say. I think I was caught twice now. No, I do listen. I think I just didn't catch like, that part. Oh, is Becky's turn? All right. Like, let's <laughs> turn on. <laughs> she has nothing important to say. Why are you no, listening to her? <laughs> oh, we love you. Um, but yeah, she said, any dad shalom. Like, I know hello in Hebrew. Yeah, because uh, she said, it I think me- she says she speaks six, six languages and she knows how to say hello and at least seven more or something along those lines but it took me ages to find out that this was Hebrew I think like two years after really yeah like a hundred listens for this song afterwards just then I suddenly I don't know if it was because I checked out the lyrics or something but just then I realized that she was saying that (laughs) which um yeah the pronunciation didn't work for me what she actually did a good job <laughs> maybe in the broadway version uh in the no but i listened to the no it just didn't work for me i'm not sure why i, I couldn't see. catch that i think she also did german which i liked and i think there was japanese but i'm not too sure i wonder what other languages but she she did a few which is nice um so nothing to say claire did you enjoy the song we both had positive things to say about it how is it on the meter of like to dislike for you? Man, why are you putting me in this spot? I thought we could just get this over with. Uh, <laughs> listen, you, you got to contribute. This is co-hosting job. <laughs> I can't oh. be Rona by myself here. The thing is, I don't want to trash talk on like every single song in a but musical do it. That's what that Emma chose. For. You know, like what if she never comes back? No, it makes it more interesting. Honestly, <laughs> it's actually really? better that way. No, I just I I just didn't really think too much about the song, to be honest. I have the same maybe similar struggle. And I feel like I do have more a little bit more interest in her because Yes, it's very superficial reason she is Asian. And I can I can be like, oh, okay, Mercy, poor you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Like, it's so, like, her struggle is so superficial, so stereotypical mm-hmm. of an Asian kid. I don't know if you ever watched the show, like, Fresh Up the Boat, or anything that is similar along those lines. But it's just so typical. Like your parents always expect you to pretty much be the best in everything that you had to speak six languages. You have to do this and that. And part of me understand where the stereotype comes from. And part of me just so tired of it. Mm-hmm. So when I watch it, yes, I feel bad for her. But I don't really have much feelings other than that because I've been seeing the same thing over and over again in different media productions Mm. so yeah like if you ask me like do you like Marcy yes I do like her but then I don't really feel like she is a three-dimensional character at least from this one song I think in Jesus she has a totally different personality that I have more respect of Mm -hmm. but then from this one song she is very two-dimensional for me Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, which which is okay. Um, but it's just I don't hate her. I just do you want to speak about Jesus then as well? Because I have nothing to say about Jesus. I kind of <laughs> mishmash them in my in my mind together. Okay. I, I think it's just a little bit more interesting because you do see that as a kid, like the fact that you're able to challenge the belief that you always had is quite difficult, I think, because you're always been told one thing, right? Like to follow or obey a certain ideal or certain person, or in this case god (laughs) and uh, the fact that she is able to just be like okay like if god is not gonna you know care too much then i can decide for myself and i think that's a great message for anyone to have and not just a kid so she definitely has a lot more personality in in this number that i do appreciate a lot about but in terms of the music for both numbers they are not bad they're not worse they're actually okay they're like pretty good but it's not that memorable for me. I think I speak six languages actually is a little bit more memorable than Jesus for me though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anything to say about Jesus, Emma? No, <laughs> Such a loaded was... question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually. No, but it was funny. I wasn't expecting him to appear. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think she was either. And he wasn't expected to be there. He was like, Macy, are you sure this is, uh, Marcy, are you sure this is the wish you want? <laughs> <laughs> a harder spelling word uh, so I thought it was uh, an interesting interaction mm-hmm. and definitely interesting that she chose to challenge her usual ways like she tries to she on purpose decide not to win and it seemed like she felt liberated afterwards in, mm-hmm. in some regards. But that was an interesting inner conflict or works that she was figuring out on, on stage and at that moment. Mm-hmm. The I Love You song, I guess I can go first. You were right, by the way, Emma. This is my favorite. I don't know. It just the fact Oh, that- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it the moment before you opened the musical. I thought to myself, Becky's going to love this song. And I'm going right. to wager a bet why. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm curious. It's because you can sing it really well. <laughs> oh no, I never attempted singing it, and definitely not. Like, really, no. <laughs> I'm not a great singer. <laughs> but it sounds like the voice that would uh, be appealing to you, especially the part where she calls. She says, "Mama," you know, that yeah. mama part. Yeah, that is that is a good. That is definitely a good guess, I'd say. And you're right. I also really like that this is a very. I don't like that it's a sad song, but the song definitely hits you in all the right places and all the good feels. I don't understand how anybody could stay stoic after a number like this. Maybe Claire can educate us because she said she had nothing to say about the song. For me, at least, it was like a gut punch. You have this sweet little girl and literally everybody agrees she's like an angel and you have to imagine her parents. She like has to imagine her parents loving her because they neglect her so much that the only thing that she can do is just imagine their love and even then she still distinctively knows that this is not going to be a reality for her and that's just so so sad not to mention she has to go through the realization of I actually have nobody to depend on she says like oh you know I can't count on my parents because who would be my chaperone if I go to Washington so that is also so so sad because she made such she would have made such a huge accomplishment something that is really really difficult high stake high emotions and not only will they not be there to celebrate with her they won't be there just because she absolutely needs them in order to make a like a bigger accomplishment even 
um, musically, like you said, I really like it because it's super beautiful with all of unique melodies interwoven and definitely some of the best vocals in the entire cast portray uh, Olive's parents particularly. So Olive herself has a really, really nice voice as is. Her mom is portrayed by Rona usually and Rona has a beautiful, beautiful voice. Menace, menacity of personality, but beautiful voice. And her dad, I think, is usually played by the by Mitch, but it might depend on other productions. Just the older voices together sound so beautiful, and it's a very charged number, in my opinion. I don't really think much of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's an okay song. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> I know everyone loves Olive, but for the reason that I mentioned earlier, I don't. I don't really have a bias for her. If anything, like, yeah, she was just there. Like, why do people love her so much? Oh my God. But okay. You do not feel for her at all? I mean, I can feel for her, but I also feel for all the other kids. Like, what makes her so special? Because her parents, A, I think there is argument in the letter of the text that her parents her dad might be physically abusive and when he says he takes out on me what he wants to take out on you it can be re- it can be read as like emotionally abusive but definitely it's abusive in one way or another that's one another it's very easy to see that they have absolutely no support system whatsoever so much so that they have to like have a dictionary as their best friend or as her best friend uh she doesn't get anybody to be rooting for her and she's still so sweet and so kind some of the other characters are not sweet and kind actually she's the sweetest and kindest of the old cast except for leaf and leaf also had it rough and i think that's why she's perceived as like best girl and leaf is perceived as best boy but other characters there are meaner than her i would say and she has so little and she still finds in herself the courage to be kind and that's really admirable I think I slightly agree with Claire and that she does get special attention Mm -hmm. it appears from from Rona (laughs) Uh, even from us as an audience we are I think expected to to view her as the protagonist which is why we all thought that she's the one uh, who is set to win that spelling bee oh i knew she wasn't going to just because they hammered it over your head that she is supposed to be it was like oh, okay there's no way they're gonna go through with it but they definitely intentionally place her as the favorite yes yeah and and yeah uh, but apart from the fact that uh she's artificially she's by design meant to be the favorite i wouldn't personally yeah yeah Yeah. it's like she's built just so that people can pick her as a favorite yeah exactly ironically I don't think a lot of people would say that she's their favorite I feel like people usually gravitate towards the quirkier people yeah that's because we can tell that she's designed to be the favorite I don't usually people don't like to be to pick her as a favorite if they know that they want us to pick her as a favorite but I think she's still very lovable she is lovable. Yeah. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I feel like okay. she will be more lovable if she isn't actually a child. Uh, okay. <laughs> that is something that really bothers you, I can see. It really does bother me. And I feel like I didn't really notice how much it bothered me until we actually started talking about it. Yeah. Um, the fact that she's nice and the other ones, I agree with you, the, the other ones are not as nice as her, but I see that as more like difference in personalities and, you know, what... what <laughs> Well, what can you do about that? 
So they, they are just expressing themselves differently. Uh, like it's not necessarily that she maybe even, it's not necessarily that she handled the situation better or, or is uh, managing to be nice when uh, the others are not. I think it's just a, a personality tendency as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't, I didn't view her as um even 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 though she is nicer i didn't view her still as a special like exception to the other children mm-hmm. but that song is heartbreaking and i love olive's voice and with rona it's incredible and especially the mama part it's really when because she builds up to it and then towards the end she really belts one of the so she stretches one of the mama it, it hits like the music hits you and i liked that okay Fair enough. I actually don't have anything to say about the remaining songs at all. <laughs> because you didn't get to my favorite one yet. Which one is your favorite second? <laughs> second. Okay, second. let's go to second. So then we have Woe Is Me Reprise. Neither of us have anything to say about it, I'm guessing. And then we can just put in all together my favorite moment of the B Reprise 2. Second, second part one, Barfy or Barfay and Olive Pasta de. I don't know. Again, French. It haunts me. Second part two, the champion finale and the last goodbye. So everything together. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, my God. When both Barfi or Barfay and Olive sang together the second, that they were determined and both of them were like, I won't come in second. And they had this passion and they were there to win it. And they were there for themselves and they were trying to push everything else aside. And when they were singing it together, it sounded so good. That just that, I think, brought it to the top of my list. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that part where, um, where they were trying to figure themselves out and decide. Because when you get to the first place and the second place, there's even more psychological stress and you have to get your head even more to the game and they were all trying they were both trying to figure it out and they each got their parts to analyze it and we hear even more about themselves so where Barthe was saying no one really likes me that <laughs> that was so sad mm-hmm. and um and when she suddenly decided she she said yes I want I want first place I want to win it and she was like yes I do I do and then when they sang it together, I really like that cacophony. Yeah, for sure. I actually think second is a pretty solid number, but I don't know. It's not necessarily as fun um, of a number as like the other ones in terms of groups, because I think the group numbers tend to be a lot more fun. Mm. No, strike that. The group numbers can be very, very frustrating. And that happened <laughs> twice with the rabbits. But pandemonium can be a lot of fun. So in here, the only moment I thought was pretty enjoyable was when Barfay or Barfi realizing his feelings towards Olives. So mm. that was a really, really sweet moment within the song. And then they also have a couple of memories, like of the memorable tunes, but everything else seemed a little bit not notable enough for me, but I can see why it would be your favorite. There is definitely a lot of passion and emotion in that. Song. Yeah, when we say favorite, I don't think it was my initial favorite. If you if you asked me four years ago, uh, I don't think I would have said this one. I might have said the six languages one or fundamentally. So I'm going to say that we were correct, Claire, and I'm going to pat us on the back. <laughs> <laughs> good enough. Yeah. Good enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think it changed maybe because I heard the other ones uh, too much, or maybe because I did I did connect more to the plot after listening to it multiple times Mm -hmm. okay that sounds good should we go into our final thoughts 
Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Claire, you want to go first? Or do you have a lot of final thoughts to say how devastating I you don't. found it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. Honestly, I don't hate it, but I think this is definitely something that I wouldn't be buying the ticket to see just because like I don't like the adult playing children. I don't really so know find it's the less music than five. Sorry? So we know it's less than five. Yes, I can still remember rating. my rating skill. I do, yeah. Very thoughtful. <laughs> um, and other than that, I also just tend not to be too interested in things that doesn't have too much of a plot development. So I can see why people like it, though. I think the fact that they included audience is actually such a brilliant decision because without the audience, it's probably not going to be as interesting is not going to be as engaging and the fact that they have that in act one is like right right off the bat like since the beginning of this entire musical like you will be able to invest in it you will be able to pay attention and actually care about the competition whereas if you're just literally sitting there and watching it happens and it has nothing to do with you as audience you're not gonna invest and I feel like that's what happened to me because I'm literally watching a recording and not being there, not being present and not feeling like there is somebody from my group who is representing and who's like actually actively involved in the process. I feel like I'm pretty distant in terms of the whole competition thing. And I couldn't really see why it was so important. Even logically, obviously, you know that these kids obviously really want to win it and all that. But then I definitely feel like there was a distance between me and all the other characters on the stage. So I couldn't really put myself in their shoes, first of all. I would say I still have quite an interesting time watching it just because it's so different from the typical things I will watch, which is like very involved in like crime, murder and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. when there is a more lighthearted musical that has more of like, I don't know, like the funny element is more interesting in the sense that there's a lot of jokes going around and um just very pure from the sense of like from the perspective of a of a child like wanting to win this competition that sort of like I don't know brings me back to my childhood (laughs) even though that there was nothing like a spelling bee test uh competition in my childhood but uh, it definitely makes me feel like more of a kid than an adult that is regularly watching crimes and people getting murdered and stuff so (laughs) lovely yeah so for me I found a lot of the elements that you said you didn't enjoy necessarily rang true so this is definitely a very character heavy musical this is a character character study on each of the six main characters the competitor is also a little bit into the adults just a smidge which if you vibe with that kind of heavy set into the characterization and you get attached to characters I think that would be a musical that might speak to you a lot more this is also a musical that while deals with a lot of children and childish elements it also has a lot of very adult themes in terms of the kind of parental or familial interactions these kids have or the interaction between kids in society or the kids between themselves. So there is something to explore a little bit more deeply and a little bit more thoughtfully about the musical, even though it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is an element I like about it. So I like the fact that it takes itself very, very lightly and it is very comedic. There are so many gags, both physical comedy, especially with Barfi or Barfay. 
and like just baked into the script of the musical that I personally really appreciated. An aspect that I didn't appreciate for sure was the music. And I said, when I listened to it, only the cast recording at first, I was like, I really don't get what this is all about. And then I really grew to like the characters when I saw their quirks acted out on stage. If you don't have the chance of seeing it acted, I think it can really impair your appreciation for the musical. So this is the kind of musical that doesn't necessarily have very, very good music, which is a huge part of a musical for sure. It needs to be seen by competent actors acted on stage. How about you? Emma? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that uh, it's not necessarily the strongest musically. <laughs> I've seen other musicals that were better song wise but comedy wise I really appreciated that and it made me laugh and there were tons of checks inserted throughout that I I'm sure some of them just flew over my head <laughs> um, but I liked it as a light-hearted maybe even heartwarming comedy I think it did its job on, on that okay that sounds amazing now we can move on to the next segment Claire you want to introduce it Oh, and Emma opened the chat. Oh my goodness. Quiz section. And not surprisingly, we're doing a which spelling bee character are you quiz from where is this? Quote TV. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't think there was a lot of BuzzFeed or all these kind of like big name websites that we're making it so this is what we saw which is surprising because i think there is a disney production that was announced so this one is going to be made into a movie but anyway the first question is why would you be in the spelling bee my parents are pressuring me to do it because the people who were supposed to go couldn't make it because i am expected to by my peers because i want to win because i want to win <laughs> same for sure yeah yeah it's gonna be because the people who are supposed to go couldn't make it (laughs) really I was just going to say that I don't think I would ever do something because someone else couldn't make it Mm. (laughs) like imagine it was a math competition or something (laughs) two why would you be eliminated from the spelling bee I got distracted by the people in the audience I spelled a very complicated word wrong because I didn't know how to spell it, but I left with pride because I can I go further than I expected to. I overcomplicated a word, but I'll be back next year. I intentionally misspelled a word. I made a mistake, but that's okay because I tried my best. I gave up the win to help someone else win. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I would say I spelled a very complicated word wrong because I didn't know how to spell it, but I left with pride. Oh, good. Which good line you. <laughs> do you relate to the most? I'm not that smart. Adulthood brings its own peculiar rejection, which is why I'm selling this PDA confection. But I'm so stressed from my stress. I just want to vomit. Yes, I score some goals. So unfazed am I. As my life unscrolls, and amazed am I. But you didn't react and you never asked me if I join you in the Bombay sun. People are scared of me and no one really likes me. I won't come in second. Oh, this is hard. Yeah. Well, you guys already know my answer. Which is yeah. Not that smart. <laughs> I think I'll go with people are scared of me and no one really likes me. I won't come in second. I think I feel like I relate to that one too. Okay. How do you feel about your family? Emma, you better answer this question. <laughs> I bend it most of the time. It's large, but sometimes really mean. My family puts a lot of pressure on me to be the best I can be. My parents are cold and very focused. My parents are supportive of me and who I'm becoming. My parents are proud of not just my academic pursuits, but my physical ones as well. 
interesting yeah my parents are supportive of me and who i'm becoming same thank you mom and dad same. <laughs> we all have great parents we do and i think that's the last one how would you describe yourself if you had to pick one of these words a winner definitely not a loser gentle oh or imaginative oh dumb or oh a butterfly <laughs> efficient lonely intelligent well-rounded i guess well-rounded, well-rounded I, I guess, guess. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay i got william a high strong student who was a finalist in the b last year but had to leave because of an allergic reaction to peanuts he's famous for spelling the words out on the floor with his foot calling it his magic foot He's the winner of the spelling bee, though he has a mental conflict of whether or not to let Olive win. Emma, I'm guessing you got the same. Yes. <laughs> and Claire? I got leave. Okay. Oh, <gasps> no way! Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a homeschooled contestant who was only there because the person who was supposed to be there had other plans. His family doesn't consi- consider him smart, but in reality, he's just easily distracted. What does that say about me, right? <laughs> and he is eliminated happily after getting a few words correct. Oh, okay. So I think that is it for the quiz portion. Should we go into our final ranking? Not final thoughts this time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say improvement right there, Becky. Good job. Thank you. I'm actually proud of myself. Let's do a drum roll, please. I'll give it five out of ten leagues. Five? But isn't five like, oh, you know, you would see it, but you wouldn't get good seats for it? <laughs> Honestly, I was going to give it three out of ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what changed your mind? Um, I guess I don't want to be that douchebag, but it's okay. Oh, you should go with what you feel. If you, no, 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 if no, no. we mentioned like convince you to turn it into a five, what you guys said about the um, like a lot of the points actually helped me think about this from another perspective. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of seven point five out of ten juice boxes. Nice. I'm gonna give it. Oh wait, we don't do another drama. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten magic foods. Magic feet. Magic feet. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so used to the, to hear magic foot. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> okay, so I think that is it for us. Emma, thank you so much for coming. I forgot to say this in your introduction, but I do want to say it now. For your information, people who actually listen to this entire episode, first of all, thank you. Second of all, Emma has a really important role within our podcast because she's oh. the executive editor and producer, not producer, but editor-in-chief <laughs> of our Instagram. She makes sure to do really good editing for the pictures. I toil on the food itself and then... She has great ideas for the editing process and for the videos. So she's actually a great help. And I definitely consider her having an executive role within this. So thank you so much for doing that, Emma. Oh, thank, thank you, you so You're much. much. And please don't hate us. Well, I mean me. And, <laughs> and please come back sometimes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I'd love just anytime. <laughs> Tell me and I'm here. <laughs> so yes thank you so much if y'all want to talk about this episode with us reaction to what we said reaction to what Emma said I can make sure that it gets to her or if you want to discuss a previous episode that we talked about in the podcast or especially if you want to give us a recommendation for things to talk about next we would be so happy to receive those from you so you can do all of that and more on our social media you can find us at Podway Podcast on Instagram 
Twitter, not really Twitter, and Reddit. Or if you're not a social media person, neither are we, to be honest. Uh, you can email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. And bye. Bye. Bye.